It's no secret to my podcast audience that I have suffered and struggled with my mental health on many different occasions all throughout my childhood, my teenage years, and my young adulthood. Particularly in the last year and a half, things were extremely difficult for me as I went through a very painful public separation and divorce, a broken relationship with my father and other family members, and loss of some friends in my life. But then I found BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy program that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. They have a broad range of expertise with over 20,000 therapists in their network to give them access to help that may not be available in your current area. It's simple. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. You can request a new therapist at any time for no additional charge. We are proud at the Mental Wealth Podcast to be sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Currently, you can get 10% off of your first month of therapy at BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. That's BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. Take a few moments today to invest in your mental wealth, health, and well-being. Give me time Give me time, give me a minute, give me a second I'm questioning my world and all the things I'm good at I need a minute, cause I feel irregular Most days I'm confident, but today it's regular What's up with that? It isn't true, it isn't you It isn't like it's up, forget the good of you If it's not, then tell me why I'm feeling Some time to sort it 
song that you just heard is one of my favorite songs in the world off of the Sophisticated Mess album by the artist Kashma off of Colombo Records that was released November 11, 2022, but it is streaming everywhere now. That is one of my favorite songs, a lead single, Before I Let Myself Down. And it'll all make sense in just a little bit, but I wanted to let you guys know what the song was that you just heard. But first, and welcome to episode number 64 of the Mental Wealth Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Justin Little. Uh, ha- happy to have you back here with us uh, for another episode and want to get into a few important things before I introduce the episode officially. First, I want to wish everyone a happy, safe July 4th weekend. It's kind of weird because it's falling on a Tuesday. Uh, but by the time some of you are hearing this, maybe you're hearing this before July 4th or on July 4th or after, hopefully you're safe, spending time with family is the important thing. I also want to say happy BIPOC Mental Health Awareness Month. And for those of you who aren't aware of what BIPOC stands for, it's Black, Indigenous, or People of Color, right? So uh, this month in July used to be known as Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, some people still call it that, but it's not always the PC thing to say now. It's better to say BIPOC, so it's more inclusive, Black, Indigenous, people of color. So obviously May is General Mental Health Awareness Month, but we know there's a lot of things that we deal with in the BIPOC community specific to people in that community if you identify in those categories. Uh, so we have our own Mental Health Awareness Month. So hopefully you're, uh, if you're in that community or not, you're taking some time for your mental health, learning some tips, resources, how to, to uh, take care of yourself, how to support others. Uh, it's a very, very op- good opportunity to level up. It's the summer, you know, summer officially kind of just started. It's starting to warm up. I was somewhere and it was still light outside past 9 p.m. in July. And I'm like, man, it's, this, is, this is the summer. So uh, this is a good season for some. Some people love the summer, warm days, beach days, outside. You know, talk about seasonal depression. And there's others who hate the heat, who hate this time of the year, who hate the summer. Maybe it's too much downtime, too much going on, too much pressure. So sending love and light to each and every one of you out there, no matter what you might be going through, please know you are not alone and we are here to support you. And and before I get into the episode, I want to kind of just high level, just kind of update the audience on just some things that I've been going through. I mean, if you've caught up, you know, with some of the um, podcasts that I've put out this year. It hasn't been as many as usual, right? And for good reason. Uh, I'd urge you to go back to the February 13th episode called The Box. I talk about a few things there. February 20th, Who's the Man? A really great episode. Uh, We dive deep into uh, traumatized humans unable to grieve, uh, aka a thug and manhood and preconceived notions. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded, actually. Then, and that was in February. Then it was like a three-month break. My next episode came May 1st, uh, episode 61. You said, if I believed enough. Uh, and that was a very, very personal episode as well. And you should definitely listen to that because there I detail, you know, one of the most traumatic experiences, one of the most shell-shocking things I've ever dealt with in my life, you know, dealing with being unsure if I was going to have a job, a career, income to be able to take care of myself. And so uh, I, I go into detail about that on episode 61. A few weeks later, we dropped episode number 62, the supporting cast. I talk about some of the work I had been doing and why support 
is important and sometimes the lack of it can tell can be telling uh and then episode 63 came a month later i uh, just believe and that's a recap of my mental wealth and wellness one day virtual summit that i held back on may 21st of mental health awareness month and so great episode there as well and i got something special coming up now too i know i have not been as consistent as i'd like to be and i'm going to talk about why but this episode is something that we recorded months ago you know when i'm always referring to there's stuff in the cut stuff i've got well this is one of them and this was the perfect time to release it in bipoc mental health awareness month and um i'm excited for you guys to hear it in a few moments briefly what have i been doing right if you, so i started by giving you a recap of some of the episodes because if you listen to the episodes then you know some of the things i've dealt with right one thing I don't think I've dived deep enough into, and even here, I won't dive too deep because I want to reserve the majority of the time for the main episode. But uh, you know, last fall, I joined an organization called Black Men Heal. And, you know, it was just happenstance, right? Like I just was at a couple, I've been at their events, was partnered with a few of their key people. and. I had done this recap video, you know, I'm a content creator of one of their events and the CEO boss lady, she saw it, Ms. Taz, founder of Blackman Hill. Like, Hey, this is dope. I need you to, you know, help promote some other stuff for me if you can. Hey, I even, you know, I can budget something aside for him. I'm like, you know, I got a lot on my plate. I'm podcasting. I'm working, you know, I'm doing a lot of things. She said, please, I really could use you. And so I stay, I, I helped her um, promote the gala that they had last fall, October, November timeframe. And then after the gala was up, like, I just like kind of just went away back to my thing. She hit me back up, says, hey, I could really help you to kind of stay on and just be in charge of social media and content for us full time. Like obviously part-time, I know you have a job. I was reluctant because I'm like, I don't really think I have the time, but she was really, really urging me. Like she really wanted me. And so, you know, we worked some things out and I started doing their day-to-day -day social media content, designing flyers, um, strategy ideas, finding things that could go viral that could bring more attention, fundraising, or anything social media. Like, I mean, it's pretty much just me and her. She posts occasionally, but I probably do the majority of the posting. And we've we've helped grow the page since I took the page over. We've probably have grown the page nearly twenty thousand followers. We have a lot of active posts. We just had one the other day that has like two hundred and seventy thousand clicks our, our most viral videos a video of uh, tyrese talking about mental health and vulnerability in men and black men in particular so we've done some great work over there and i remember back then having a conversation with one of my mentors i said maybe god's directing me telling me something because i found that it started to get hard to manage work my podcast my own content and black men heals and during this time i still went and did a few events. I still have recorded some episodes well before the stuff happened at work. And, you know, I had went earlier this year to Podfest and spoke. I went to Palm Springs and spoke at a retreat. So I've been busy and I, but I, I felt something pulling me more towards Black Men Heal and less towards my own content. And, you know, this past weekend I was in Philadelphia which is an important city to me. I, I've probably talked about it before, but with no Philly, there's no me. My mother was born and raised in Philadelphia, came to Virginia to go to school, 
met my father, the rest is history. When I was born in Virginia, loved being from Virginia, but Philly has always been a special place to me because my grandmother, my whole side of me um, comes from there. So always going there as a kid was super special. And it's ironic because Taz and uh, several other key members of this organization are based in Philly. The organization was founded in Philly. So every time I get a chance to go to Philly and be a part of the it's a full circle moment because I'm like, without Philly, there's no Justin. And we, we just had this event called Letters to My Father. And one of the highlights of this event was one of the speakers surprised his dad, brought his dad on stage and read a letter to him that he wrote to him. And I got emotional thinking about my own broken relationship with my father and the fact that we haven't been on the same page since April of last year. And I know I need to fix it, I, I, but I'm not ready. And that's okay. But it was a powerful event. We brought together over 100 black men, all different ages. At the end, we all hugged each other. We, we broke bread. There was free massages, facials, gift bags. It was a beautiful event. And when I was there, I was reminded, although at this point I've, I've worked for Black Men Hill about eight months, I was reminded how important this work is. Now, folks, I have done such some amazing things. 2022, as I mentioned in my Better Help promo, it was a tough year because I was going through a lot. Depression, broken friendships, family, separating myself, uh, a literal separation as well, and a divorce. Actually, coming up in a few weeks will be a year, just a year since that divorce. But, and I did, while it was some lows, there was also highs. I spoke across the country. The podcast blew up. We met some amazing people. I went to the White House and met the president. But if I'm being honest, the most impactful work I've done since I've been doing this, the last almost two and a half years, is the work I'm doing with Black Menil. I believe in it so strongly. I relate to it. There's so much of a need and being out there in the community, seeing it, it warms my heart. I got a message the other day from the founder. She said, man, you're such a great speaker. Like, I just want to just congratulate you. And that meant the world to me, to be seen, to be heard, to be acknowledged. And so, you know, I... I'm not leaving podcasting. I'm not leaving my speaking engagements. Just some other exciting things I'm working on. But I'm realizing that the work I'm doing over there is impactful and it's important. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices. And sometimes following a mission, following a dream can be more important than your own ambitions. And that's what I'm learning. That's what I wanted to share. And we'll, deep, we'll dive deeper on this later. But that's why you haven't seen me as much because sometimes I don't have time for my own content because I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm on a mission, kind of purpose and I got to see it through. And I hope all of you respect it and understand it. Our motto over there is healed men, heal men. You heal a man, he heals his community, his family, his loved ones. And that's what I'm trying to do. On a side note, I, I think 
I, I don't want to speak too soon, but I, I think I found the love of my life. And I, I'm so incredibly excited and just want to be patient and take, take, take time. She's gone through some things as well, so it's like got to be patient and let things develop. And make sure things last outside of the honeymoon phase. Make sure you don't make the same mistakes that you made before. But this feels different. And I've never felt safer emotionally. I've never felt more connected. I've never felt a love like this before. And that's scary. But I know what I want. You know, I'm pushing 31 next month, and I want a family. I want children. I want to—I was watching a clip the other day that talked about, you know, you said, I want kids because, like, I— like, all these professional achievements don't mean a thing if I don't have any personal achievements. And I'm getting to that point where, like, I, I feel great. I'm blessed to be working. Got some exciting things. I'm getting ready to sell up my house, start a new journey. But I'm ready for love. I'm ready for love. I'm ready for a family. I'm ready for to share all the things that I built to someone else. So to that special person, I just want to say that I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I can't wait to see what's next. So that being said, let's get to this episode. Oh, my goodness. I've been holding this one for a while sophisticated mess with Kajma. Oh my goodness. This, this girl saved my life. So late, late 2021 and the tail end of my failed marriage, I remember feeling suicidal after an argument. And for those who've been listening a long time, the episode 7 PM in New York might ring a bell late 2021. I'm in New York for the mental wealth expo. And her song, In My Glory, and you'll hear me kind of fan out just by talking to her because it was so dope talking to her and being such a fan of her work. But you'll see how she has such a deep story, right? But In My Glory, that song saved my life. Like listening to it, her that whole album, her music was just so soulful. It hit me, it hit me so hard and just... It just made me feel things and release things that I needed to release. And I'm so grateful and thankful. And so without further ado, you know, you'll, you'll hear me fan out a little bit during the episode. But this is a conversation with Miss Kashma, one of my favorite artists in the world. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about family. Of course, we're going to talk about mental health. Good evening, Kashma. How are you? Am I saying it right? Is, is it Kashma? Yes, it's it's Kashma. Kashma. It right. mm. I love it. I love it. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Now on a scale of one that's I'm gonna ask the question again, right? Because a lot of times what I find with some of the work I do is usually yes. the first answer we give someone like, I'm I'm okay, I'm fine. But are you really like like are you really okay? Yeah, I feel so blessed. I'm so thankful. I've been creating music that I really love and I'm just, I recently dropped an album. So I'm just really just in, you know, my vibe. Um, but that is true. A lot of times people say, we automatically say, you know, we're good, even if, you know, we're not, but 
I feel great. It's sophisticated mess out in stores right now. We're going to get to that for sure. The first thing is, and me doing my research, I'm going to tell you in a second how I came to know of you, which is okay. a brilliant story. But in doing research, I find out that your artist name is your middle name. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So that's my middle name. So like, where was the, was that just like always going to be your thing? When did you decide you wanted to use your middle name as your, uh, as your artistry? Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I think it just, it flowed naturally through, um, you know, creating the art. Me and Mike Colombo have been creating art and doing, you know, music since 2017. I first started as Destiny Kashma, which is my first name. And then it just felt, you know, fitting to just drop the destiny and just go, go with Kashma. It's, it feels unique. It definitely feels like me because it is my middle name. So, you know, it, it, everything just fits. Well, it's it's worked for Drake uh, this far, so I think that is going to work for you too because your your music is so talented, incredibly talented. And um, I heard, just so you know, when I first heard your music, uh, I don't know if you remember this moment. I think it was sometime in twenty twenty one, the Joe Budden podcast. They have this this uh, this part of their podcast where they play sleepers, so unknown artists, artists that everyone's not going to know. And uh, Ice, who's a member of the podcast, he played in my glory. And he played that song and I listened to that song. I fell in love with In My Glory. I probably played that song about 30 times in a row. And then I heard you had a project. So I went and listened to Purple Lights. And uh, that was that was an amazing, amazing. We're going to get to all the other projects because you've had two more since then. But just tell me about if you recall that moment, that extra notoriety. I mean, this is a popular music podcast that played your song. And that's how I'm thankful because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't know of you. Yeah, I, I do remember that moment um, last year. I think it's always cool because I'm always in my own world, in my own vibe, just creating art that I really love and I really enjoy. Um, and so just having people um, respect the art, respect what I do, and also just fully um, immerse themselves into um, the new music and everything that I'm doing is really dope. So I think that was really cool that they did that and just shout out to, to them for um, for that love. So that, that was really cool. Definitely, definitely. So and we'll get to some of the new music because there's a lot I want to break down because I'm a big, I'm a huge fan. So this is a cool moment for me. It's like a fan of you. Like I listen to uh, all of your music, but I love before we get to the music, right? You have You have to have a story, right? the story of Destiny Cashman, like where, where do you come from? Where do you hail from? What was some of your upbringing like? And how did that kind of lead into you becoming an amazing singer and artist? Yeah, um, I was born and raised in a really small town um, in Barnesville, Georgia. My dad, to my mom and my dad, my mom is white, my dad is black. And I grew up um, with really two sides of my family, a lot of the time feeling like I didn't fit in all the time. So my refuge was music. And I grew up as a really introverted kid. I was always like in my room listening to music. And so through that, I found the love of myself, one, and just the love of creating art. And from there, I kind of just figured out um, a way of st staying in that frequency of just creating music. You find dope people that, you know, you can make music with um, Mike Colombo. And then since then, we've just been creating really um, dope projects that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, 
you you be in the booth all the time. Every time I see you post, y'all working on something new, a new yeah. song. Lucy, even I'm like, I'm like, she didn't drop the Lucy. She had the album out. You always, you're putting out so much music and shout out to Mike Colombo as well, who you work with. Um, what I'd love to know, you mentioned being mixed race, right? And some identity yeah. crisis and stuff like that. How did, like, are you still affected by that today? What were some of those experiences like just kind of growing up half black, half white, not really knowing where you belonged? Yeah, I think it's such a beautiful thing, um, gr just growing into my womanhood and growing into loving myself and embracing like all the parts of me, um, knowing that both of my parents are beautiful. I love both of my parents, um, but growing up, it was, it was, um, so I lived in a small town, so there's, there, it didn't feel like there was a lot of people that looked like me. And going to um, people that are mixed race, going to one side of your family and then going to the other is two completely different cultures. So let's say if you're fully this or fully that, you can go to both sides and they look the same. It's like, okay, we we do the same things. We um, It's the same. It's like a different vibe. Um, it's both love on different sides, but they love differently. So as a kid, you are really you're like finding a way how to fit into your family, knowing like I might not be um, completely the same as you. Like my culture is a little bit different than you and just stepping into that place um, of how can I relate to you even though my culture is a little bit different than than you, you feel me? Yeah, I'm, and I can't relate because I, I'm a little different background, but I can understand with what you're saying about just, finding finding your niche finding yourself i think that's a journey that we we go on well into our 20s 30s 40s even just figuring ourselves out but i think you've obviously found a home in your music and you tell your story um in your music and you you also talk a lot um from what i've observed during the pandemic and seeing some of your posts you're you talk a lot about mindfulness and it, you seem the reason why i really wanted to talk to you because you seem to be cognizant of your mental health, right? Cognizant of just taking care of you. Did you always feel that way? Was there a space when you were younger from your parents or from your community to talk about mental health or was that something that kind of came along later for you? Um, I would say mental health was something that I really had to figure out on my own. I, I think mental health is, um, I think it's for everybody. Like we have to take care of our mind. Our mind and our body is the first thing um, that we have to take care of. We can go through day-to-day -day activities and, you know, try to get along, but we have to make sure we're in check first. And so me doing that, um, I think I figured out how to do it because I wasn't doing it for, you know, a while, like in my early teens and just figuring out, um, like you said, it's a journey learning how to take care of yourself. But once you do, um, it really does pay off in the long run. Are there things that you do now that you love, like self-care? Like what's your self-care routine like? Like obviously I would think that music is a part of that. That's a part of like your expression. Yeah. But outside of music, are there things that Kashma does just to take care of you, like when you buy out time intentionally for self-care, for self-love, things like that? I would say just protecting my energy. That's, 
That's one thing that I have um, really realized that when you do it and you do it well, you your body will thank you for it. So if your body is saying, I don't want to go here, I don't want to be in these spaces or places, you have to listen to yourself, regardless if you feel like, oh, this is a good opportunity for me. I understand um, a lot of people say, you know, get out of your comfort zone. But a lot of the times I think anxiety is usually telling you like, mm, I might, this might not be the space for me to be in. And so once I really started listening to my body, it's, it's really just been good, good energy ever since. That's beautiful. Is there a good um, support system around you, family? Like, I mean, we, we talked about your upbringing with your family, some of those concerns, but like now is in, in your adult form, do you have a good amount of support from your parents, from friends, just the kind of people who uplift you, encourage you, push you to be your best self? And, how, and if yeah. so, how does that help you? Yeah, I'm definitely, I think um, I'm definitely very choosy nowadays with who I surround myself with. Um, I think a lot of the times um, your support system is, it, it is people around you, but I think your main support system has to be yourself first and you can build off of, off of that. But if, if you don't have self in check and you're looking for everybody to um, validate you or either um, save you or fix you, that's not going to work. You have to do the work for yourself and then your support system will look better because you're treating yourself better. Self-care, self-love. Yeah, it does. I think that's an important point because so many people, I think support systems are great, but sometimes people can be too reliant on a support system and not enough for themselves. And what if that support system leaves you? What, what, what if, you know, someone you know, God forbid they pass away or something and you put so much of your worth into someone else and then you have nothing left for yourself. You know, I think it's important to have that, but then take back some of your power. Um, yeah, be, because I think um, if you have a good support system, you also want to support them too. And you have to be mentally sound and in check for you to be able to support that other person. Because we always think about, you know, what can people give me or how can people support me? But if you rock with your support system make sure you're you're in a place where oh if you need me i can support you too yeah reciprocation is there is there someone or something that inspires you that motivates you to keeps you keeps you going keeps you on the right path i would definitely say my team mike colombo um We've been making music since 2017, and he's really taught me the ins and outs of being my own boss, business, how to um, make music effectively and really build from the ground up. So I would I would say just him and just seeing how um, he maneuvers things really helps me as an artist and just as a person as well. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, the music seems to be a huge part and it's kind of a nice segue into some of the music because I picked four songs of yours. Now there's, you have a lot of songs. Well, how, I, I know you have a lot of songs, but you probably, do you know how many songs you have? I, I want to say it's, it's like over, um, it's funny. I think I counted the other day. I want to say it's like maybe 90 something songs. And those are, all, are those all released or that you got, I know you got some in the tuck. I know you got some on the Yeah, those, those are literally songs that are just um, released on platforms, but the, the vault is, is pretty hefty too. 
before I get this, this just gives me a side question too. Like, from the, I love asking this question when I get a chance to talk to musicians and artists. Do you always remember all your lyrics? Do you have to go back? Like, if you're about to perform a song, like, that's a lot of music. Like, I have 60 episodes of my podcast. That's 60, 70 hours of, of media. And I have a hard time remembering things I said months ago, days you ago. Know, so like, um, I, I, I remember my lyrics. Something about um, when I feel like, when me personally like if it comes when it comes from my heart um mm -hmm. it's so easy and I listen to my music all the time so it's so easy for me to um if it's it's like I don't there's not usually not a song that I don't listen to so I, I know the lyrics to to all of them okay well speaking of that we're <laughs> gonna test that theory right now because yeah for, this is for a reason, though, because these lyrics personally spoke to me, but I think you're, what I find with listening to your music is that you're saying so much in those words. Like, you're telling, I think, I tell people all the time about me, like, if you want to get to know me, go back, listen to every podcast episode I've ever done, every interview I've ever done. And by the time you're done, you're going to know exactly who Justin is. I think with you, like, if someone, those 90 songs, if they listen to all 90 of those songs, they're going to know exactly the person you are what you value, what you love, what's important to you. And you speak so much. And so that leads me sort of kind I of to say, though, I will say that part. I disagree, though, with okay. the, um, I, I disagree with the if somebody listens to the whole catalog, they would know exactly who I am. Um, okay. That's not true for me. OK, tell me, tell me why. Is there other things that that's good? This is good pushback. So like, is it you put a lot in your music, but is there still some things that you hold back that you keep yeah. for just your There's things that I keep for myself. There's things that um, I haven't revealed yet. So I think it's, um, I like the journey of things. So I'm not gonna just give everything all the way at once. So okay. if people that love the music, um, it's, it's bits and pieces. And I also like to just mix things that I see, or if I'm like, oh, this is a good story. How can I tell it through a song? It might not be me, um, but this is how I'm conveying an art, just like a director would write a movie, but it might not be about, you know, his or her life. He's just telling the story and how, not a director, a writer, but he's just telling the story through their eyes. So that's that's what I do with my music as well. That you gave me a different perspective. That's fire. You gave me a different. I like that. I like that. That's that's really good. So, my first, the song I wanted to highlight, but it's also kind of a beef with you. Purple lights. This song was only forty seconds long. It should have been. You know what I'm talking about. This this song, dirty clothes. Um, is it it's dirty clothes on the floor? I figured you were talking about that. That interlude. 40 seconds. I mean, that transition from what is, I think it's In My Glory and then Kisses in the Night. Those are bops. And then pivot right into the interlude. It's 40 seconds. And the only issue with it is it could have been so much longer. It's perfect. So what you were, but that song is so beautiful. And the lyric, and the, the lyric read along is easy because it says, Room messy right now because I've been trying to be more dirty clothes all on the floor, just like me. They've been out of place, been going to bed past me, more like sunrise. Say, I'll get to it sometime. Give me love. All I want is love. That is so beautiful. 
And I feel like when I when I heard that and I hear it in the car, even though it's 40 seconds, you're saying so much. You talk to me about that. Let's stay there for a second. Like, because there's a message in that song, I think. Yeah, that's I feel like it's so beautiful that we didn't want to touch it. It felt like it was done. It felt like it was complete. And just saying more might ruin the, the art. And I, I remember um, doing that. It was right before I moved into my first apartment and I was in a place of, I, I, wanna, I wanna move into my first place. I wanna um, be successful in my own way and um, really have it all together at that point of, of what I was going through. Um, and so the lyrics, they really explain themselves like, um, they, they really do speak for themselves, I feel like. Yeah, I think it's something, one thing I'll say about that is I think it's super relatable, right? To the idea, what I get from it, my interpretation as a fan is when you're saying dirty clothes on the floor, just like me, they've been out of place. I think a lot of times we want to, we, we want to, like, looking at it physically, like, we want a clean place, we want things to be spotless, but sometimes we just don't have the energy. We don't have the energy to really get ourselves up, right, to do it, and then you relate it back in, like, a figurative way to, like, our personal lives. Sometimes we just may not have it together, and I think we have a tendency as human beings, we want people to see the perfection in us. Like, when people post on Facebook and stuff, and it, it's usually all the good angles, all the good sides, the polished sides, no one wants to let you see the downside. Like when someone's coming over, we're gonna what? We're gonna clean up the house, right? Cause we don't want them to see the dirty dishes or to see the dirty clothes hanging around everywhere. So like for you to acknowledge that, you know, the dirty clothes are on the floor, I'll, you know, I'll get to it maybe. Like, I think it's honest because I think so many people can relate to that lyric because we all are fighting the tendency to present this perfection of us and not acknowledge that we ain't always got our ish together. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I, I feel like, um, I don't know if that was like a, a, a beginning of the sophisticated mess error, but I have seen just through honest storytelling of being very um, transparent when it comes to I don't have it all together and I'm not a perfect person. I feel like it, 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 it translates so beautifully into an art form because some, someone would listen to that and they don't have it all together or they have dirty clothes on the floor and they just feel like a complete mess. But like you said, a lot of the times we try to mask ourselves. We try to um, put our best face forward, which is, which is fine. Um, but I also think through doing that, we should also say, this is my best face. This is not my face every day. And this is, um, some days I do have bad days. Some days I do have dirty clothes on the floor and some days I'm just, I'm not put together. So hearing, um, hearing lyrics like that, um, cause I'm such a lyricist. So I'm writing those things and then hearing people say like, um, cause multiple people have said, oh, I wish this song was longer. It, um, it's cool to see because I think it's the human experience of not being perfect. We, we pretend like we like perfection um, even in ourselves, but I think in some form, we really do like the mess, the mess of things and also the relatability of knowing that you're, you're not perfect and somebody else is not perfect. And um, that really is the human experience. Perfection is boring. 
messy is fun. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like I, I, I don't want to be around people who just seem to always have it together. Like, what's your, your, like, I'm always looking for the, I'm looking, I know you, there's something because I think that's like you said, the human experience. Like when you, we can bond over that as, as friends, as family, like over that, we ain't got always got our ish together and that's okay. Like it's okay not to be okay. And that's a principle when it comes to like mental health, because I think so many people master depression, they master anxiety. And one thing I've admired about you is like, you've, you've embraced your true self. Like you've embraced, um, you know, who you are. And I'm not sure if you recognize it, but there's power in that for your audience. I think that's what attracts people to an artist like you is because when you're saying those lyrics, when you're singing those lyrics, they're listening and they're like, that's me. I'm feeling that way. And I think that draws us, like we like the artists that we can relate to, like whether you could be a gangster in the street and the guy that raps about shooting and killing people, that might be what you like to do. So that might be what you relate to. Artists like you who sing songs that empower women, that talk about body positivity, that talk about, you know, taking care of yourself, taking time out for yourself. I think it's extremely important that we have more artists like you in the industry because the message behind it is so important. And if there are things that are being said in your lyrics that we haven't really heard before, or at least not heard enough. Thank you. I think, I think everything is perspective. So um, I think as a creator, whether you do music, whatever type of art you're creating, or whether you're just like we talked about being being a human being, your perspective is really important. But a lot of the times I think we mask our perspective or we, um, if something is popular or there's a, a type of personality or a type of way is popular, we definitely mold ourselves into those things. And then that perspective of how you actually feel, your audience, can't find you like you said if you're you're doing this you're in the streets with a lot of times those people that's in the streets they they're really not in the streets they just talk because it's it's that perspective that's popular but maybe the guys that's rapping about guns and violence and that he grew up in the streets but he really didn't he should tell his perspective his real perspective and his real audience that actually went through what he really went through can you know, relate to him and really gravitate towards him. But I think um, experience is important. So if I always talk about how introverted I am, and I always talk about how I'm viewing the world, I don't need everybody to listen to my music, but the people that really do um, resonate with it, it's going to hit harder because I'm not trying to be for everybody. It's for those people that, that really get it. And so people should I feel like we should do that too like focus on focus on our audience and our, and our people speaking of being introverted yeah you, you you gladly would wear that that badge and you took some of the best photos I've ever seen in a house in the summer to say during the pandemic you would you would catch all the best light and all the best I don't know if you have a photographer those were all self photos time photos but whatever you do like those were some amazing <laughs> vibes that you caught in your in your apartment in your home. Um, no doubt. I mean, I don't know if that's where you get all your inspiration from when you're just kind of hanging out. When you, I don't know, that's when you do your writing. I would see you post videos of like you playing. Um, I think it's you play piano. Is it guitar and piano? Or just for you? it's a piano. I like fiddle around on the piano, oh. but my main I really like the guitar mostly. Guitar. Yeah, you would just be sitting there playing like and putting all these vibes out. And I mean. 
Is that, is that like when you're in your most creativeness, like in those moments, like when you're by yourself just writing or playing? Yeah, I have I have a whole album called Purple Apartment. So mm -hmm. this is, it's really um, moving into my first place, which I dropped Purple Apartment last year for those who are listening that don't know. It's just an album about um, being in my space, moving into my first place. And moving into my first place um, has really just solidified how much I like to be at home. Um, I love being at home before, but my room, it was like my room was my safe space, but now it's my apartment and, and I like to stay inside. I like to um, do things my way. And I knew creating music and doing this, I had to do it my way. I don't want to do it any other way. So a lot of things, that's just how I do it. And speaking of purple, that's a nice lead in, perfect lead in into a purple apartment because that's another one of my favorites. Um, I, I assume your favorite color is purple by now. Purple is it your is. color. Yeah. Purple lights, purple, uh, purple apartment. Uh, so this next lyric I wanted to break down because you talk a lot about love and relationships uh, and your music. You know, you talk a lot about love and this song and I'm just going to read the lyrics and, and, and you'll know the song off that album. Uh, you say... You're not in the shiny lights or overnights, trips to Calabas or living fast. I'd rather be home with you, dancing to our song. Don't get me started on the flight to flights or rolling heights. You are my favorite site and my living room where you where you is, where I'd rather be for life. You were so contagious. A love like this should be dangerous. Whew. Yeah. And you was blowing. You was you know, you was blowing too, and you were, you was doing your thing. So um is that really like, you know, when it comes to relationships, you're not in, like, you just, it seems like you just value just that that connection. You're not into all the, like, I think a lot of guys want to get out here and just like ball out and just buy you all the things in the world. Like you saying, look, I don't need all that. I just want, I just want you here. I just want that connection. Talk to me about that. Yeah, that was, that was definitely, um, it's, it's just talking about, um, a person and you're saying like you're everything that suits me um you're not really into going out out you're not really into the lights the action um taking flights um and you're you're like no I just want to I want to stay in my vibe I want to party at home and that's really what that that album was about just being being at home I think a lot of the times we feel like we have to go outside we have to take vacations and trips to have a good time and a lot of the times I feel like that's just distraction and you you might not even like the person that you're on a vacation with or you're out with you're just distracting yourself from from things and I think you really know if you could sit sit in a room and with somebody and actually um connect rather than you know everything that's going on around you yeah because people can get so sidetracked by all the fluff and then realize, like, I might like the stuff we're doing more than I like you. Like, you exactly. know, like, so they start doing everything yeah. else. Do I like you? Do I, do I actually like you as a person? If we could have to sit in the room here with no TV, no distractions, and have a conversation, can we do that? Um, and, and a lot of the times, that's, um, that's not the case. And that's why I say connecting with yourself is very important because once you connect with yourself, you'll know how you'll know what you like and know what you don't like. 
And, and I feel like, and you tell me your perspective on this too, if I get to the next lyric, but I think it's important in relationships to communicate, right? Communication might be one of the most important things of a relationship, right? Communicating how you feel, the good, the bad, the ugly. And in this lyric, you're telling your, whether your current partner, your, your future partner, here's what I need from you. And, and here's what's gonna make me happy. How, how important do you think that is? Like to be upfront and tell your partner, like, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I need so that they can figure out like if this is gonna work or not. Um, I think communication in all levels is not just with like a, a romantic partner, just also with um, people that you're connected to. I think you communicate how you want people to love you and how you want people to treat you. Um, communicate with yourself too. Like um, I've, I do a lot of talking with myself and um, I'm very introspective about how I feel and what I like and what I don't like. So I think communication and also learning how to communicate fluently is very important. It's, it's pretty up there when it comes to quality of life. I think so. Beautiful song, beautiful song. Two more. I, I, I'm picking from 90 songs is very difficult, but if you can get an idea of some of the ones I chose based off the lyric, um, this next one is one of my favorites. And I believe it's the same album. And I, one thing I've noticed about you, Kashmir, is like, I think you're very bo body positive. You're very confident. You portray confidence. And I think you do have an effect. You have the ability to empower other women. And in this particular uh, lyric, uh, you say, I'll wake up and I'll get dressed for me. I think I'll wear some of my fancy things. I don't plan to go nowhere, but that's somewhere to me. Might just cook dinner, my prettiest thing. I don't do this every day. It's just the occasion. I like my sweats too, but this is my celebration. I wash my hair, wear it big and loud. I'll strut around my apartment sexy and proud. I dress for me. I put it on, I feel sexy in whatever I got on. Might just wear a tee, might just wear sweats, might just wear a dress, whatever suits me best, I dress for me. You, you, you're talking that talk. You know you're talking that talk and that talk to me about that record because I feel like now, granted, I'm a man, so I can't personally relate to putting on a dress. That's not me, respect to anyone who does. But I feel like a woman listening to that song feels so empowered to wear whatever the heck you want to wear and be whoever the heck you want to be. Tell me about that that song. Yeah, that was that was that song was was for the ladies. That that song, um, I, I want women to feel sexy when they listen to my music. I want them to feel really good. I think a lot of the times, um, like I want them to listen to the music and fall in love with themselves. And I think that song is such a beautiful anthem for not being put together we keep going back to this thing of of being okay that you're not put together and a lot of the times i think women are so beautiful when they're put together or they're not put together we just um have this glow about us so i think once a woman realizes that realizes like she has this glow about her she doesn't have to wear a dress every day she could wear sweatpants she could wear a tee and she still fly so that's that's how i wanted to feel making that song and just the listener to, to feel too. As you continue to grow in your artistry and your following, your music, right? As you continue to blow up as a celebrity, as a famous person, 
do you recognize the power that you have as a voice for for young women, for um, mixed women, women who have beautiful, because you talk about your hair. I know the hair, that's a big thing too for women, like how they wear their hair, whether they wear natural or wear weave or just being confident in who they are. Do you, you recognize that opportunity that you have there? Is there any pressure there going forward just I as you're for that? I would say just the, the thing about um, celebrity and famous, that's not what I'm aiming to be um, at all. I really just like creating art and I like being a normal person. I like going to the grocery store and being at home and just, I like the normal experience of life and I like the normal highs and joys of life. Celebrity and famous is I think very overrated. Um, we, people are dying trying to be for attention. People are dying trying to be famous out here, um, killing their brains. That's not what I wanna be. Um, and we see it every day. We see artists, um, hurt themselves we see artists um overdose on fame and that's that ain't it i i think um the normal experience is beautiful and i think through that me just being a normal a normal woman with a normal experience um and people relating to that however they choose and where it fits into their life is way more like respectable to me and um yeah, and, and that's why I don't I don't feel pressure because I think um, that 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 life is just really overrated, and so I can't I can't subscribe to to that. What helps keep you grounded then? Because I love you. I love your answer as far as like just you know you're not. I mean, obviously, what comes with talent is the notoriety, is the follows, is the is the likes, is the you know, the harassment, right? The pre Some of that, but it seems like you never got into this field for that. You got into it just to, just to create, create music, create art. So is there a way that you kind of just stay grounded so to, as to not allow yourself to go down that path that to your point, many people have gone down and got that overdose on fame. Um, how do you just kind of just keep yourself in that right now? I, I would say my team, I have a great team around me, a great support system around me that um, keeps me very, very grounded and, and keeps me, um, that always talks about life, that always talks about the real things in life. I think um, once you start talking about likes and followers and how many people are playing your music, I think that's cool during certain moments. But um, if you're like trying to get the whole world to listen to your music, and you're like we talked about overdosing on fame you're, you're gonna lose yourself so I, I I would thank my team for always reminding me to just enjoy the journey and that life is very powerful and um the the simple life is very powerful too the simple life I love it I love it so the last lyric I know we've gone through three others but this one I will say before this song, my favorite song of yours just personally was Kisses in the Night. I cried to that song a few times. I played that song going, I was Wait, going you said to- you cried? I did. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm a real, I'm a man who cried. Kisses in the Night, if you go on my 2021 replay on Apple, that's top five. And in my, because 
the songs are back to back. I love the whole project, but I just got stuck there. You know, like when you hear an album and you just get like, that song just keeps messing with you. I was driving to New York, going up there for uh, to speak at a mental health event. I was going through a breakup. And so like the songs just kind of, it just, it has that vibe. It's still that vibe, but. You just I felt it. And I, I love that. Um, a lot of people's favorite is Kisses in the Night. And what's like, I'll, I'll t- say a story. Just that song was created in the nighttime, I want to say um, we were doing a session three, maybe three, four in the morning. We had already did a song before then, and we Mike started working on something else just really quick, and the lyrics just flowed out naturally. It was it was mostly like the melodies were a freestyle, and then we just went from there. But we recorded that song probably in like 20, 20 minutes tops. Um, it was. <laughs> And, and I think the best creation really does happen like that. The best creation is something that's probably fast, that just um, connects instantly. So putting that on the project and seeing how people um, really rock with that song is, is beautiful. Yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall in a studio, like one of my favorite artists, like you or Drake, or someone I really, because it's like, just to see how the creative process is because like how talented you and Mike and you guys have to be because like I think um I had posted the other day I had shared y'all did a reel um of like a riff of a part of a session of you doing I think it's enticing off the new album and you were just floating and y'all were joking like oh man we could have kept that I don't even know if he was recording this but like you were just yeah you were you was you know it's what I'm, you was you was running yeah. I'm like I, that's so dope to me and y'all be doing this and like the house like y'all be like y'all just be put hook hook up the mic get the get the match going that's that's super super dope like it's it's really cool and for those people that do want to have that type of fly on the wall experience i have a docu-series called in my glory which is on youtube it's 10 episodes where they can get these behind the scenes footage of me and mike working in the studio of just the behind the scenes of the creating music the videos all of that um and I really did it. I just, I wanted to, a lot of people do docu, docu-series or documentaries after they've either, they're dead and gone and they've accumulated so much worldly success, but we really just wanted to let people into our creative process and build with the people that really love what we're doing. And because I'm so introverted, I, I wanted to just open open those doors a little bit and allow the listener in to see to see that in my glory on youtube now that you just i that's one thing i didn't i know i know a lot about you super quick did not know that so thank you and we'll, when this episode comes out we'll make sure that that link in the youtube's in the episode notes and we'll, we'll make sure on the back end we tell the audience to go and support that youtube channel because i can't wait to because i love i'm geeky like that i love seeing the behind the scenes album stuff so uh, Kissing the Night, that's like a top three song. It was number one. Um, I also really, really listened a lot to I Don't Wanna. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that See, I like I like the sad, uh, I like sad r and I love sad r and I feel. You know? That's, um, that's so, that's that's the beauty about music. I We created that song in 2018. That was on my first project, um, Incognito. And so the beauty about art is that you could create it five years before, but someone will find it. Someone will find that song and resonate with it. And so that's why I think it's so important to just keep creating and keep 
dropping quality music because it, it doesn't die. You could go listen to an I Don't Wanna, which was released in 2018 and, and it still resonates today. It's a beautiful song. I know you you put Treat Me was an older song you put on the album. I um, love that yeah. song. It love Treat the, Me. You know, on there is so dope. That's a good so, song. What'd you say? Treat Me, Treat Me. Yeah, Treat Me. So it was, Treat Me was one of those things. It was on an EP, but it wasn't on an album. And I was just like, we got to put it on an album. So yeah. it, it just felt right with Sophisticated Mess. Sophisticated Mess came out on 11-11-2022. And so speaking of Sophisticated Mess, I did all that build up to say, I have a new favorite song by you. And it's not even close. Uh, and I listened, I, I tagged you last night and tagged Mike because I was just listening. You know, when you like draking and driving, windows down, fall night, music hits a little bit different. And I'd heard this song already several times, but like it, I heard it different last night. And you say to to me, this is some of the most beautiful things I've ever heard you say on a song. Um, you you say, when I look in the mirror, all I see is love. But some days, if I'm honest, I just want to give up. And after just right there, I don't have, that line right there is so fire. Then you say, and after all the times I've loved myself inside out, healed some things, and spent time working on self, I might need more time to work it out. I won't break or let myself down, just give me a minute so I could figure myself out. Sometimes I'm on top of the world and sometimes I'm let down. Just need some time to sort it out before I let myself down. Is it good enough? Is it something? Is it wild enough? Is it complete? Is it bold enough? Does it go perfectly? No, but I am just enough. And then there was a, there's like a break. And then you say, I am lovely. I am like, that song, I ain't gonna hold you. That that's the one because of what you're saying in there, the, the the stuff you're saying about yourself. But again, going back to that relatability factor of the audience of the fan, like that hits me in the chest. Like these are things that I'm feeling. Like when we go through imposter syndrome, when we wonder, like, are we enough? Like, am I okay? I want to give up, but we keep fighting. And then you say, I'm lovely. I'm love. Like, tell me about. I need to know everything about that song. That one is amazing amazing that, thank you that that's before I let myself down I, I think that's the anthem to to that mood um I think a lot of the times we can combat um us feeling like we don't have it figured out or us feeling like we don't know what we're doing or we might not be as confident because some days I wake up and I'm not as confident as I was yesterday or I don't feel as good and, I, and I'll be like, mm, why do I feel like this? I wish I had the confidence that I had yesterday or the week before, but through creating the album Sophisticated Mess, I'm learning like, oh, if I just love myself deeply and I just pour all of this love on myself when I'm not feeling my best or I'm not feeling my most confident, I'll probably bounce back before I let myself down and I'll make sure I show up for myself. So those um, lyrics was just me being very vulnerable about not feeling unconfident in myself. And I think when you do love yourself, you're like, you wanna catch yourself before you slip into that, um, that unconfidentness or um, that state of just not feeling yourself. You like, let me pick myself up before before that happens. And I, and I think it's, you talked earlier too about like your self-talk. I think how we affirm ourselves, how we talk to ourselves is important. Um, 
I also think it's important for us to be honest with ourselves when it comes to that mental health mindfulness perspective, because in the lyric, you're saying, look, I've been working on myself. I've been, you know, been trying, been healing, but I might, I got to do some more work. I need some more. I think yeah. that's so, I don't, you know, know what your experiences are, but a lot of people out here are running around like, dang, like they just don't stink. Like ain't nothing wrong with them. Ain't nothing traumatic didn't happen to them. Like everything's okay. One of my favorite quotes in life is you, you healing can only begin when you realize that you've been hurt. And I think there's such an honest factor in that for you to say, look, hey, I've been hurt. I've been going through some things. I lack confidence. I have these feelings, but I'm working on myself. I think there's something so powerful because so many people don't know how to be honest with themselves to at least admit that, yeah, I'm going through something. I felt something. I've been hurt and I need to heal. They're just walking around like ain't nothing going wrong. And then eventually it's going to come out in a really negative way because we all have to heal some. So I just want to just give you your flowers and just appreciate you to just giving us an honest lyric because I think we need more honesty, especially when it comes to mental health. Thank you. I, I think that's so true because um, a lot of the times I, f I feel like, or I know like I do a lot of work on myself and sometimes things come where you're like, oh, I gotta do more work. Like it doesn't, it doesn't end. You have to upkeep yourself and you have to make sure you're, you're, you have to check in every day with yourself. So you could think you healed something, but something might come back up that triggers your trauma or triggers what you've been through. And you're like, oh, I thought I got over that, but I actually didn't, there's more work to do. So I think um, that was beautiful. So thank you. Of course, so Sophisticated Mess is out now. Um, it's been out for about a month now or so. So what I would love to know now that I've given you a deep dive on all your, on all, on not all your lyrics, too many of them to go over, but some of the ones that are impactful to me, what's next for you? Like, what are you, what are your plans? Are, do you expect a tour or show? Because I personally would love to see you perform. And I'm sure many of your other followers and, and people who really resonate with your music would love to see you perform live. So what what's the future with the album? What, what can we expect from you coming up? Honestly, just really, I think, um... I'm, I'm excited to do intimate performances um, for the people that really love the music. So I've been taking down, you know, those, those cities that, that really rock with the music and, and know the lyrics and, and know the vibe of, of Kashima and, and what we're building. So I'm, I'm excited to, to do that in, in the future. And just what's next, I would, I would say just being in this album, the vibe of this album. I think I'm enjoying my baby. I'm enjoying what I created. And um, of course, just always, always in the studio too. Always, always still creating. <laughs> I know that was my next question. Like you, I know you, you, you're going to take a little break and let this one sit because you gave us Purple Apartment was March, right? Purple Apartment yeah. was, and then you gave two us albums. The, two albums in a year. You gave us Purple Lights last year and i know i think the year before that year dropped something so like are you little break you gonna let this one cook or you you already back ready to drop in the springtime i i so far i've dropped four albums um so i i'm really i feel like always always working and always creating is very dope um but i do think it's important to let things resonate with people and and let it resonate with yourself too so i'm just i'm really just enjoying this album and when new music does drop it'll it'll be that time i can't wait for it so before i get you out of here it's one of our new features we do it's called favorites and 
We like we, real fast, real fast to get you. I do know, I might know one of the answers already because just knowing some of your inspiration, but just the, this, the audience get a chance to just know you personally. So we're going to start with your favorite singer. Who is your favorite singer of all time? Um, I would say myself first. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yes, and then the second one is Shade. I was see, I, you threw me for a loop by saying yourself first, but I was like, yeah, she's gonna say Shade because I you can hear it in your music, but you've always vocalized um your love for Shade. Awesome. Yes, favorite. I, I I love the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have all the, their vinyls, so mm-hmm. Shade is is a favorite around around my house. Shade always works. You could put any one of those songs on, put you right, just your mind just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Kiss the Life comes on, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just comes on, you just, your mood just resets. So, Sade is definitely a winner. Um, favorite rapper? Um, I don't have a favorite rapper, um, so I can't, I can't say. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, what about your favorite album of all time? Any album, rap, Ooh, arm? That's, that's good. Um... <laughs> Probably Nostalgic Lament by Mike Colombo. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> shout out to Mike. I need to get put put me on to that because um, I haven't heard that one, but shout out to Mike. Okay. Um, favorite movie? Mm, that's good. Um, ooh. I like all the like old classics. So something that was um, created in like the nineties or the early two thousands. Um, I don't want to say, is it, what is it? Is it like Shaw, Shawshank Redemption? Is that right? That's a movie. That's a movie. Uh, Morgan. Usually I'll say it like backwards. So hopefully it's not, it's not wrong, but y'all, y'all know the title of that one. I like that one. Great movie, uh, Morgan Freeman. I can't think of the other guy, but Morgan Freeman's in it. Good movie. Uh, favorite TV show? Maybe one you grew up on, one you like now? Stranger Things. Okay, Stranger Things, very popular. One of the popular ones. Uh, I know you you, you you always are busy in the studio working, doing music, but is there a favorite place that you like to visit? That you like in to my travel? apartment. Really? My apartment. It's hands down. That it'll It'll be that. When you get home, okay. Um, and even when I'm home, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is still my favorite place to visit. I'm going to go visit the other room and have a whole different experience in the other room. Is there a place that you're like dying to visit, like out of the country or somewhere like for vacation, like you have on your, like your bucket list of places oh, you want? I'm not a traveler. I like staying at home. So if, like I said, if I'm like in my, if I'm in my living room, I'm like, oh, wow, can't wait to go to the studio and, and make a song. That's that's my vibe. Okay. I respect that. I like it. Introverted, for real. Um, and then my last question is just, dead or alive, um, any artist or anyone who you've ever been inspired before, if you could just be in the room with someone right now, um, dead or alive, and just have a 20-minute conversation with them, who would you choose? Um, I wouldn't choose anyone. I really like my vibe. I would not choose anyone. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't. I would say I'm okay. Hey, Sade. If I could have a conversation with Sade, I think Sade 
wants to be in her vibe too. I think Shade is very happy, probably off somewhere cooking herself dinner or something. She's like, I just do, you know, like I don't, I think Shade is happy in hiding where she is right now. I like, I respect that because this is authentic to you, who you are. So some of these answers I wasn't expecting, but I respect it because it's like, this is who you are. It gets the audience to get a chance to get to know you. So before we plug your social medias and your YouTube and all that good stuff, your music, obviously, just, you know, someone out there struggling right now, perhaps a young girl, someone that just looks up to you, relates to you, relates to your music, um, struggling with their mental health, with their mindfulness, just, just get, what would you say to them? What, what would you say to someone out there who just maybe just been going through it? and just been looking for answers? I, was, I would tell them to be in their vibe. Um, a lot of the times we're sad because we're looking outwardly um, and get it, be in their vibe, figure out what they like, figure out um, what they don't like and start removing things or adding things and, um, and they'll be okay, like they got this. I love that, that's super intentional. Well, Kashma, we're, we're so happy, so honored to have had you on the podcast to get a chance to just have a conversation with you from both the fan perspective, but just as to someone who just observed your work and just want to have a conversation about mental health and mindfulness and artistry, creativity. Um, it's just a blessing to have you. So, so thank, grateful to you. Shout out to Mike as well for setting this up. Uh, just tell everyone how they can find you, where they can support you, plug anything you want to plug. Yeah, so um, if you guys want to listen to my music, um, I just dropped an album, Sophisticated Mess, and it's on all streaming platforms. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me um, at I am Kashma on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but the music, of course, go listen to the music first. Gotta go get the music. I mean, if someone's just finding out about you now, they got some. They got some digging. They can go in them crates. Not songs out there to go. Definitely and dig and, and become a super fan. So Cashman, it's been a pleasure to have you and just wishing you more and more success, wishing you peace, your vibe, wishing you all, all, all the good love and peace in the world. So thank you so much for being a guest today. Well, thank you for having me. So I'm gonna keep this, uh, I'm gonna keep this outro uh, short as possible. I went a little longer on the intro just because I had to you know, just update you guys, this high level on the things I've been going through and why this all makes sense, right? But I just want to first again thank Mike Colombo and I want to thank Kashma for the interview. I mean, fun story about that interview that day. It's been a while since we've recorded it, but like we were having technical difficulties, but they were so patient. They were so graceful. Um, she has a busy, busy schedule to <laughs> to talk and to sit down, but we we made it work and I was so happy that we did because I wanted that conversation for a long time. So hopefully fans of hers, all of you enjoyed a little piece of her because she does not do a lot of interviews and we're blessed to have had her on the Mental Wealth Podcast. So just again, shout out to you. Thank you so much, Queen, for your vulnerability, for your love, for your grace. And also too, what I enjoyed too, like there was a point in that episode where, uh, you know, I, I was kind of like saying one thing, kind of like just assuming that she'd agree, but then she's like, nah. <laughs> I don't see it that way. And I, I appreciate that. Like, call me out. Tell me why. And I really appreciated her different point. I think we were talking about um, layers and music, like how I, me personally, like with this podcast, I put a lot of, not every single detail, right? But I mean, a good portion of me, like if someone wants to get to know me, like you know a lot about me. If you listen to all 64 episodes plus the bonus content, like 70 hours plus of stuff, like that's like, 
albums of albums of music, right? Movies on who I am and what I value, what I believe in, right? But she disagreed a little bit. She's like, hey, there's some things I, I don't put into my art. Don't just assume that you know everything about me because you listen to my music. Like, there's some things I'm only going to gonna keep for myself, and I respect that. And I love those type of conversations that challenge me to think a little bit different. And I learn a little bit more about one of my favorite artists. So hopefully, get a chance to uh, – I know she's always working on some new music. I will make sure in the, in the uh, episode notes, her album – uh, her social media, everything is going to be linked there for you guys to go and support, follow her, follow Mike, check out everything they're working on. They got a new uh, duo vibe going and they've got some bangers. They got some really, really dope music. I can't wait to see uh, what they do next. So be sure to look into the comments so that you can download the song that I, that I played in the intro, the outro, and definitely support Cashma. Again, thank you guys so much for tapping in to episode number 64 of the podcast. Again, as you know, don't know when 65 will drop. We're going to we're just we're taking it as we go, uh, finding that inspiration as we as we take it with a lot of things going on. But just know that I love you. I care about each and every one of you uh, and reach out to me on Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast. Make sure if you have any questions, email me at contacttmwp at gmail.com. You can also visit our website. I need to update that, get that going with the new podcast art, but it's mentalwealthpodcast.org. That's mentalwealthpodcast.org. And you can get up to date with everything that we're doing with the podcast, with Blackman Hill, with Lee Thompson Young Foundation, all the things that we're doing uh, with mental health. You can check us out there. So again, thank you so much for tapping into this amazing episode and can't wait to get some more content for you soon. So to keep it simple, to keep the out, outro as short as possible, instead of reading my full list of those nine things, I'm just going to share with you guys an affirmation of the day. And I want you to be thinking about this, no matter what you're feeling and you're going through, you're experiencing again, remember you're not alone. You're here. There is value just in your existence. And remember these words here. I am the curator of my own happiness. And I create a life that aligns with my values and protects the purity of my heart. I release any past experiences of being used and open my heart to receive and give love in its purest form. Is it good enough? Is it something? Is it wild enough? Is it complete? Is it bold enough? Does it go perfect?